0: for just the sunshine and the rain. I thank you for every ounce of the day and the breath that you give each and every one of us. Lord, I ask that you move me behind the cross the this week of sermons and words that are pleasing unto you, O oh Lord. And whatever may be going on in each and every one of our lives, this time, this season, this hour, is for you, Lord. And Lord, we give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The song simply says, Through it all. As I met and connected with many people throughout the week for a variety of different ministries, we're beginning to understand more and more about what it means to worship God. Many times when the sermon comes together and I look at the planning that goes far before anything can ever get on paper, I always go to God. The worship committee met this week and they had the information for the sermons and what will go on for the whole month of August. But little did I know, but God knew ahead of time all the things that would be in this month. He didn't just know it for me, he knew it for this church, he knew it for us individually. He knew everything that would be going on. But I shared with the worship team that a lot of times when the message says it's this in the bulletin, that's what has been prayed about, that's what's been looked upon. So the message title today is simply Stay Focused. But every now and then you'll hear me say a subtitle or a secondary title for the sermon because you say, why give a sermon a title? Because this is how God helps me look at the message that I need to leave here with each of us. And I include me into the equation because I hear the word maybe not at the point that it's being preached, but later on as it resonates in my spirit. But the subtitle today is simply, Storms Are Real. It didn't come to me yesterday. It didn't come to me in the midst of this, but Storms Are Real. So, yes, the title is Stay Focused, but if the sermon had to have another title, it would be simply Storms Are Real. The other week, I got out of my car, and it wasn't really that cloudy yet. And I thought I could sneak in the store and come right out of the store without me having to carry my umbrella. It tends to always happen when my umbrella is in the car, it rains. But when I carry the umbrella, it does not rain. I don't know what that's about, but that's a little thing that goes on. And I said, if I leave this umbrella in the car, surely I can get out the store in time. I got to the front of the Walmart, and trenches of water were simply coming out the sky. I said, okay, well, I don't have to worry about a bad hair day. I won't really mess up my hairdo. So I can't use that as an excuse to say I need a bag on my hair and all this other stuff. But I looked at it and I said, I should have carried the umbrella. That's a human storm. And in southeast Texas, it can be raining on this side of the street, not be raining across the street. Someone shared the other day in Bible study that it was raining really, really hard on just their block. Crossed the street and it looked like it was just sun shining. Didn't have a problem at all. When I grew up in Philadelphia, there were times when it would rain literally on one side of the street and the other side would just be the dividing line. No rain, no storm, no nothing over there. But I'd always seem to be on the side of the street where the storm was going on. I don't know about anyone else, but storms are real but we still have to stay focused. Storms occur in our life that we did not expect, did we not plan, did we not look for. But how do we fight a storm? I'm glad you asked. Because in any given point of your life, a storm will just sneak right on in. Maybe it's only a little gray cloud, maybe it's a huge gray cloud, but yet and still, regardless of your age, your creed, your gender, your age, storms come. And sometimes people say, I've looked at Miss So-and-so and and she looks like she's never had a bad day in her life. Or Mr. So-and-so is always smiling, he's always stoic, he's always friendly, he can't have any storms. But the scripture says, there will be storms. And particularly here in... The passage Matthew 14, there is a storm and it's on the sea. But that's not the first time a storm and a sea has been connected in the book of Matthew. There were other storms. There were storms in the book, in Matthew 8 and there were other storms that were presented. But if you take this particular passage... And you look at it in the Gospels, not just in the book of Matthew, but in the Mark and the Luke and the John. And you see where this passage is written in a variety of different ways. It's like four friends seeing the same experience but telling it a different way. Well, you see, in the book of Matthew, that's the only place Peter walked on the water. He doesn't walk on the water in John, he doesn't walk on the water in Mark. He only walks on the water. In the book of Matthew. And you might say, why is that important? What does that have to do with me? I'm glad you asked. Because as we go through this particular passage and talk a little bit about some of the teaching items that are, how shall I say, are examples, they're not necessarily literal connotations, but they're examples in this particular story that are much broader than just Peter and just the disciples. There are things that are about you and about me. For you see, hurricanes come and hurricanes go. Stormy clouds come and stormy clouds go. But the hope of a new day is what Jesus Christ gives each and every one of us, whether it's cloudy or whether it's sunshiny. So turn to your neighbor and say, get focused. Storms are real. Get focused. Storms are real. When you have a storm in your life, what is it really trying to tell? Have you ever thought about that? You get a challenging moment on your job, a challenging moment with a child who doesn't want to go back to school, a challenging spot in your house that every time it rains, no matter what the roofer puts on the roof, that spot still leaks over your window in the kitchen. Those challenging places. Well, I'm here to tell you, sometimes there's simply a faith test. Sometimes there's simply a challenge in our spirit to see where do we stand and what is it that we believe. I'm going to walk through Matthew. This is going to be a teaching, preaching type of sermon, but I'm going to walk through this passage so you can get a real good idea of what it means to really stay focused. Because sometimes there's just a little twist in the story. When we see that there's storms going on in our life, we're great in our faith journey when everything is fantastic. We are awesome in our faith journey when nothing is going on. But let a storm come. What happens then? Maybe you've been to the doctor five times and you only expected to go one time and now they're taking the 15 tests and it seems like it's just too many tests. Or maybe you've gone and the doctor says, I suggest you get a second opinion because this medication doesn't seem to be lowering your blood pressure. Or maybe you're the one where you've gone 15 different times and the people say the same thing. You need to lose 10 pounds. And you're hoping that that is not really the storm because one more doctor isn't making the storm. Maybe there's something going on in your life that simply is a little safe test. When you look at Matthew 14, the first two verses, 22 through 24, there's one question after Jesus gets the disciples on the boat and dismisses the crowd, where does Jesus go? Well, the answer is right there. He simply goes to the mountain, to a quiet place. So sometimes to get focused and stay focused, you've got to go to a quiet place. So you can focus in and hear God. But even Jesus went to the mountain to pray. Think about it. The Son of God, the Alpha and the Omega, the mighty King, went to the mountain to pray. And we don't want to pray until we get behind that driver who is in the wrong lane sometimes. Now maybe I'm not speaking to anybody else, but I've been on our 10 And I need him to move out the left lane. And that's what I really get to praying. Because I give myself the same 90 minutes to get from door to door, situation to situation. And I say, Jackie, yeah, just give yourself more time. But inevitably I run behind that one person. So in order to get what God wants us to get and able to get us through the storm, we've got to find a quiet place in our house, in our job, in our home, in our hearts, in our space to get focused so we can pray. Then when we move on to Matthew 24, verses 26 through 27, it's the space that talks about actually seeing the waves. Have you seen a storm approaching from the sea and ever seen the waves just collect? They come in, they go out. It's like a wind and a wave, a push and a pull. Oh, my God, a storm is coming. It just begins to wrap itself up. But isn't until it's on your front door that you really realize how deep that storm is. And you're looking for Jesus because this is your moment of need. And you're saying, Did, who saw him last? I know he got us on the boat, and he dismissed the crowd. Where is he now when we need him the most? What is he doing on the mountain? And you turn around and look, and you don't even know that it's him. Because what do you see? Walking on the water. Oh, you see Jesus Christ. Look like he's just floating right out there in the water. Some of us, if we saw Jesus close in or far away, just Slipping up on us. We'd be scared just like the disciples. I think i have seen a ghost. What was that? Have mercy. Now we might say a few other things because it might have scared us a little more than we want to admit. But we're all Christians in here so we really want to say have mercy. But it would surprise us. It would shock us. Has anybody ever said to you, they walk up behind you and if you jump, they say, Girl, you're not living right, dude. You're not living right. You're all jumpy and (laughs) stuff. Thanks be to God he's not that way. Because when he saw, when the disciples saw him on the water, what did they, what did Jesus say to him? Take courage. It's me. Hey, we know one another. Don't get shaky. Don't be afraid. I'm not ashamed to say it. Sometimes people roll up on me and I don't know how they are and who they are and it gets me a little nervous, so I'm like, "Mm mm-mm. But then other times I'll open the window and say, hey, what's going on? But if you come straight, wait a minute. But God said, don't be afraid. And we have to walk that out. So the second thing that we have to recognize is that if we're going to stay focused and get focused, we have to recognize the presence of God. So first got to pray, and then we have to recognize that the presence of God really is real. Because we've already admitted that the storm is real, so the presence of God is realer than the storm. Then if we look at Matthew 14, 8, 28 through 31 it simply says, What in the world was Peter trying to prove when he wanted to walk on the water? Some commentary writers indicate that that is bigger than just Peter's situation that it is a battleground between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. Peter wanted to say, look, you out there on the water, Jesus, prove to me who you are. If you are who you are, let me walk to you. But it's interesting how God responds. In my Bible, it just says, come. The last time Jesus talked to the demons, he spoke in one word. And in in, in Matthew 8, he said, Go. When he told the demons to jump into the pig, as the pig rolled down into the water, he said, Demons, go and leave this man. So, did he think that Peter might be operating the demonic spirit? I don't know for sure. But commentary writers say that is a push pull. Anybody have a push-pull in their life, a challenging situation? You know how to go right in. Satan is saying, go left, you can get there quicker. Go around the corner, children. You don't have to turn all your homework in. Pick up the free homework that Buddy used to do. Buddy's homework ain't your homework. And if that's what you did last year, the slate is clean. You don't have to play that game this year. Follow Jesus. But even in the test. Jesus said, come. He didn't deny Peter. He didn't call Peter crazy. He didn't call Peter out of order. He said, I know who he is. Come. For you have to understand, Jesus knows the good and the bad, the saint and the sinner, the wheat and the tear. He knows all things about us. He even knows when we have gone left before we have thought about going left. So in order to stay focused, You have to embrace the power, even when you're trying to test the power. God knew who Jesus was. Jesus knows who Jesus is. The Holy Spirit knows who the Holy Spirit is. God knows who God is, Jesus is, the Holy Spirit is. They all know who they are. So we can't test them to see if they really are who they are. They know who they are. We need to know who they are. So sometimes the tests and the games we want to play, God will humor us and say to us, come. So we know that we need to pray in order to stay focused. We know that we need to recognize the presence of God to stay per, uh, to stay focused. And we know we need to put on the armor of God and embrace the power. So we can come to God and stay, keep our eyes on him. Because what happened when Peter didn't keep his eyes on Jesus? Somebody tell me. He sunk. He began to sink and he simply said, oh, save me. Save me, Lord. When we take our eyes off of the king, when we stop being We get into a place where we begin to sink. Maybe you've never sank. Or maybe you've never had a flat tire. Or maybe you've never got tailed up in the mud. But I remember riding the bike one day and my mom and dad said, Don't go that way. And I said, it's, I'm adventurous. I'm going to go that way. I went that way and I kind of ended up like Jackie. I hit a bump in the road, my bike twisted up, and I began to tumble down a hill and fell into the creek. It wasn't just messy because my bike had got towed up, because I knew I would get towed up. This was pre-cell phone, so I couldn't call nobody, but Jesus saved me out of a mud. I'm climbing up the hill of the creek, just slipping and falling came my bike. Because, see, if I left the bike in the creek and somebody had went back and got it, I really would have got in trouble anyway because I would never got a bike again in life. <laughs> I knew I was out of order disobedient all over the place, so I had to come up and say, save me, Lord, from what's going to happen when I get there. And I have to explain that I'm dirty. I went down this street. I went to go down, ended up in the creek. But it's real. He saved my soul. My parents had, I guess, grace and love or mercy, or they were tired, or it was the end of the summer, they was like, in two days, she will be back in school. <laughs> that is enough for us. They didn't kill me. I lived to tell about it. My daddy said, never. You know, he was a one-worder just like Jesus was, Never. I could extrapolate the whole answer. He didn't have to say no more. Never! I was like, never ride a bike, never leave the house, never get on a hill, never go on a date, never live. Never! Like, okay. we threw it back. But the thing is, we all hit storms and rocky roads, but God still hears our cry. Matthew fourteen thirty-two through 33 simply says, You really are the Son of God. And what happens in there, to get focused and stay focused, we have to praise the one and only mighty King Jesus. Yes, we pray. Yes, we have to recognize the presence of God. Yes, we see that there is power beyond power. But every day, through the storms and the rain, through the clouds and the sunshine, praise Him. Praise Him on the good times. Praise Him when it's tough. Praise Him when it's awesome. Because He is the utmost. And I say to you this morning, God truly honors that covenant and love and keep us. He sent His only begotten Son that we would have the gift of salvation. So in order to get focused and stay focused, we've got to do the same thing. We've got to pray, Proclaim the presence of God, embrace the power of God, and praise who He is. Not only for us, but for the ones who don't yet know Him. God's grace is so awesome that He wants us all to see the kingdom of heaven. He doesn't want us to spend our lives on the battleground, but He said there will be storms, there will be trials, there will be tribulations, but He is the I Am. Though our faith may be tested, our test should strengthen us and make us more hopeful, more willing to share who God is. It simply says sometimes I couldn't keep it to myself. So I say to you this morning if this has been a stormy week, a rocky road, pray. If this has been a tough day, a tough afternoon. You got some bad news. Proclaim God's presence. If this has just been a really strange and you just want to text the Lord, I recommend that you think and pray on that. But if you just feel you need to ask him, are you really the one? And he shows you that he is. Over and over and over again. Hold on to his unchanging hand. He's got the power. And do all what they say in the song. Praise Him for everything. Every hour. Every moment. Every day. And if you haven't began to connect with God like this, today's the day. Yeah. If you already know Jesus, but you kind of put Him down to the side. you've laid your relationship down just for a moment, I highly recommend you pick it up. But if there's a test in your life, simply know that if you cry out, you'll answer. To God be the glory. The doors of the church are open. Will you stand?